0: Welcome, everybody, to episode number 10. We have made it this far of the A Game podcast. I'm your host, Aiden O'Neill, 16 years old, and we got a lot to do. Number 10, it's a big one, and I'm going to be recapping two full weeks of sports this time. Since I missed last week, I was dealing with the sickness, but I'm back better than ever. So we got a lot to dive into. I am going to start with the NFL, always highly requested by you guys. So I'm going to do what the people want. And I'm going to be reviewing week two in the NFL. So week three just wrapped up last night after a ton of great matches and a ton of great games. I don't know why I said matches, but week two is what we're talking about. A lot of highlights. We had thursday night football between the football team and new york giants and the new york giants just continue to discombobulate this carried over into week three but they had an offside penalty with about five seconds left game winning field goal by hopkins gets the football team a w the raiders continue to impress they beat the steelers 26 to 17 the niners moved to 2-0 that didn't come to fruition again last night not another w and the browns Got a win against the Texans, Broncos beat the Jags, Panthers beat the Saints, and the Rams continued to roll. Bills absolutely rolled the Dolphins, and the Patriots continued to beat up on one of the worst teams in football, if not the worst, the New York Jets. The Bears beat the Bengals, the Buccaneers destroyed the Falcons. The Falcons did, though, surprisingly keep it pretty close. A lot of positives, I guess you could say, when you're playing a team as good as the Buccaneers, but that defense obviously is not going to hold up. One of the worst secondaries in the NFL, one of the worst front sevens in the NFL, that doesn't spell for a good outing. Cardinals moved to 2-0. Titans beat the Seahawks in an overtime thriller. Derrick Henry rushing for over 200 yards, showing why he is the best running back in the sport. Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17, to and on Sunday night football, Ravens beat the Chiefs in an absolute thriller. This one I'm going to talk about for a long time, but to cap off the week, it was the Packers beating the Lions as Aaron Rodgers bounces back from a poor week one. Now, from week two of the NFL, I'm going to dive in to the Ravens-Chiefs game because there were a lot of things I saw That went right for this Ravens squad. Lamar Jackson continues to show that he's not just a rushing quarterback and that he can throw that football down the field. He was locating guys. Sammy Watkins had himself a game. Marquise Brown is starting to become what he was supposed to be when he was drafted. And the rushing attack surprisingly wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously Lamar is going to get a ton of those rushes, but the running backs didn't do too bad. Not at all. That defense did give up 35 points, but 35 points against the Chiefs is almost expected. That offense for the Chiefs is so freaking good that that's not even bad. The Ravens come away with the win, and Lamar has proven doubt is wrong. Lamar is putting himself in an early position to potentially win an MVP if he continues this. I don't know if that's the case just because of his numbers not being off the charts, but purely based off impact on a team and purely based off of most valuable player to a team, Lamar Jackson is that dude. He is that man. Uh, I feel like sometimes the NFL and any professional sport views the MVP award as the best player that season, which is totally fine, but I'd rather have a best player of the season award and then a MVP award. MVP is most valuable for your team valuable to your team and usually when I think of that I think of the best player on the best team where if they lost that dude they wouldn't be nearly as good. Nikola Jokic was a prime example of who should be an MVP because he led his team to the playoffs and without him they wouldn't have been there. Stephen Curry was also a good example of a MVP candidate in the NBA because the Warriors would have been Awful if he wasn't on that squad. That is what I think of when I think of an MVP. Now, if we're carrying over into the MLB, Shohei Otani is going to win the AL MVP this year. Now, this doesn't necessarily show how valuable he is because the Angels are not a good baseball club. But he's playing so good and he's doing things that we've never seen that the league is automatically saying MVP, MVP. I just wish we could change the narrative and have the MVP award mean something different than the best player in the world. That is completely different. That is not what most valuable player means. It's not necessarily the best. So, you know, I that's what I was talking about with Lamar Jackson. I could, obviously could also see Patrick Mahomes winning this award. And, you know, there's a lot of other candidates, Josh Allen, uh, Herbert, honestly, making a, a case early, beating big teams, and just a lot of good things to talk about. I was uh, suggested by many on a couple of my live videos to do a recap on the rookie quarterbacks of the NFL since we're on the topic and I just want to g- dive deeper into this this is going to be a longer podcast as I said probably around 35 minutes and then we'll be published it's going to be it's going to be a beauty you guys are gonna love it but or at least I hope you do but I wanted to dive into the rookie quarterbacks of this league now All first impressions, when I saw these guys getting drafted, I thought it had potential for a phenomenal QB class. Top to bottom, I thought a lot of guys had potential, and I thought they fit into their new homes very well. To put it, to keep it, you know, 100 with you guys, the first three weeks of this NFL season have been awful for the rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones showed a ton of promise in week 1 2. And I'm going to deep dive deeper into week 3 in a second, but Mac Jones in week 3 yesterday played awful. He really did play bad. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played good. This also Trevor Lawrence playing bad though has to do with how poor of an NFL coach Urban Meyer is. He said it's like playing Alabama every week. Really, Urban, it's not like All those guys on Alabama are now in the league, but you have 29 other teams of those. Just a dumb comment, but it was a little funny. But you are not utilizing James Robinson, who has potential for a top 15 back in the league, if not higher upside. And you are not utilizing him to his greatest good. You were throwing 35-yard passes down the field every single play with Trevor Lawrence. That is not going to spell for a good player. Or that is not going to result in good habits as a team. And you're not going to win that way. So frustrating me with Urban Meyer. Talking to my friend Diego. We think he's going to be out. If he's not out by the end of the... I mean, if he's not out mid-season, he's out by the end. He's 100% out. Because this is embarrassing. Another embarrassment I saw in week three was Matt Nagy. Absolutely horrendous coach. He deserves all the blame for this. Justin Fields, I calculated it. Average time, 0.74 seconds to release the football. That is how bad that offensive line was collapsing. That is basically, set-hut, go, ba Set-hut, like that quick. You got to just go set-hut and release that, or it, you're getting sacked. So, Matt Nagy needs to coach the offensive line a lot better, maybe call better plays, and put Justin Fields in a situation where he can succeed I mean, you're putting your rookie quarterback in a situation against a phenomenal Browns defense where you're just going to get destroyed if you don't have the right game plan going in. And they simply didn't have the right game plan going in. So I didn't like what I saw there. Zach Wilson is in an absolutely awful situation in in New York. I mean, it's horrendous. I There's this uh, kid on TikTok who recapped... A sequence of the Jets and it was absolutely hilarious like these two guys staring at each other this offensive lineman doesn't know what he's doing it basically summed up the Jets season as he said and it did he is 100% right this Jets team is just really bad in a lot of ways and it is coach well Robert Sala is a phenomenal coach he led the Niners defense defense for for a couple years and he was one of the most hyped coaches in the league and I loved it but um as a head coach you know he hasn't shown his prowess he hasn't shown if he actually belongs in that position but it also has to do with the fact that he has terrible players around him so it's hard to coach a terrible team Trey Lance has looked really good but he also has had like four snaps this season so I can't judge a guy off four snaps but all I gotta say is he looks confident and that has to do with Kyle Shanahan's brilliant play calling and putting him in good positions you see, coaches, like I said, like Matt Nagy, who are putting Justin Fields in a poor position to succeed, but Kyle Shanahan is, p- is putting Trey Lance in a great position to succeed. This also has to do with maybe having a, you know, top 10 team around him. That helps, but, you know, Jimmy G's still going to be there and continue to mentor Trey. Another rookie quarterback, I'm just thinking of them off the top of my head. And I'm actually going to talk about, yeah, I, I know, I like, cut it off there a little bit but I'm going to talk about Davis Mills with the Houston Texans you know out of Stanford if he stayed another year I was talking to my friend Luke if he stayed another year he probably would have got drafted higher he didn't get drafted higher um but he's getting his opportunity as a third string quarterback to basically anchor this Texas team that isn't too good Tyrod Taylor did really well and then he got hurt again but Davis Mills I saw some upside I liked his his uh confidence and accuracy for the most part, but we just need to get him more mobile and we need to make sure he's like prepared for facing top ten defenses every week, because that's what is going to start to happen as the Texan schedule thickens up. Now I'm gonna go over the second year QBs real quick just because they're I'm just thinking of them right now. Jalen Hurts he's looked pretty good. I think he's still slightly overrated. People are riding that bandwagon when, well, the Eagles aren't good. And it's hard for Hurts to succeed in a bad organization, but they have a good new coach and they're on the up, up and coming again after winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I do like Herbert a lot. I will say that Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers is pushing top 10, if not is, and he's got all the tools for, to be an NFL QB for 15 years and I just love the kid a lot, really, really well-spoken in post-game interviews, confidence, just absolutely reeking it, and he just continues to show out. I feel, you know, the Chargers don't really have a fan base after they left San Diego. It's kind of the Rams city right now, but Herbert is converting a lot of Rams fans probably over to that Charger team because of him, purely based off of him. He's also got a good team around him, Eckler, Williams, Keenan Allen, and then you have Derwin James on defense as well as Joey Boza. It's a good squad. I do think the Chargers end up squeaking into the playoffs as the season moves on, but only time will tell, and that's going to be a repeated theme as I continue to talk about these promising or simply a bust of an NFL team. Final quarterback I'm going to highlight on, even though he hasn't played recently because he's been a little banged up, Tua Tunga He's not great. I have two Dolphin friends, Diego and and Caleb, and they still seem to believe in him a little bit, and they say it's the offensive line's problem. But if you got a top five quarterback... I I see the Dolphin situation a lot like the Niners because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't cutting it right now. If you got a top 10 quarterback in in the Niners um, locker room or a top 10 quarterback in the Dolphins locker room, they would both become immediate Super Bowl contenders because of how good the squad is around them. It kind of is true. I feel if you got Deshaun Watson over in Miami, obviously he's dealing with some off the field issues, but if you got Deshaun Watson over there in Miami, they would be rolling. I, the bills would obviously still stand in their way in their division, but the Patriots wouldn't stand a shot. And you know, obviously the jets suck anyway, but then, you know, the Niners were looking at Aaron Rodgers this off season. If he decided to opt out and potentially parting ways with Jimmy and After last night, you know, I really wish we did, to put it simply. But, no, those two teams are in similar situations, and the Dolphins are struggling right now with no quarterback. So I just want to talk about Tua tonga You know, he's a lefty. He's unique. But too many injuries, and we saw that in college too. And, you know, Alabama quarterbacks really aren't all that, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen. If you're looking at the best position at Alabama, you can look at their receivers, because their receiving core is usually nasty. Um, and then they usually produce some great running backs like Derrick Henry. But, week three of the NFL held a lot of the same themes. The Panthers moved to 3-0 and on Thursday Night Football, beating up on the Texans 24-9. to The Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. to beat them. A top two team by many got beat this week by Justin Herbert. At home too. Mahomes, a lot of uncharacteristic throws. I saw one throw towards the end of the game. Wasn't even close to the receiver. Very unlikely or very uh, out of character for Patrick Mahomes. And They're going to need to bounce back desperately because that division they're in is looking scary with the Raiders, with the Broncos, with the Chargers. Cardinals won a close one against the Jaguars, 31-19. I thought Trevor improved a little bit. Kyler Murray continued to shine, but the Cardinals do have to clean it up because they're going to be playing the best team in football right now in the Los Angeles Rams next week. The Browns beat the Bears 26-6. That was a good win for them. Liked their throwback uniforms as well. I'm just recapping real quick. 43-21 was the Bills' score over the Washington football team. That Washington football team defense is supposed to be really good, but it really hasn't been all that so far, and Josh Allen cements himself in the MVP race with that performance. Titans get another win. The Colts, who had a lot of expectations from me and many other sports talkers across the the league, Thinking that the Colts were going to be legit this year. And they fell to 0-3. 0-3. Just really embarrassing from that. The Saints beat the Patriots 28-13. Jameis Jameis is going, really good game, really bad game, really good game. So I assume he plays bad next week. We'll see. Falcons and Giants made me lose some brain cells because of how bad both teams are. But the Falcons prevail 17-14. Bengals beat the Steelers 24-10 in an absolute thriller. Ben Roethlisberger is, and you can mark my words on this podcast, is the worst quarterback in football. And it's not too close either. Ben Roethlisberger is legitimately awful. Ravens beat the Lions 19-17 as Justin Tucker hits a 66-yard field goal off the crossbar and in to win the game, and it's an NFL record as well. It was incredible. Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time, and there's no debate about that. Broncos roll the Jets 26-0, and the Raiders beat the Dolphins in final, I mean, in overtime. I mean, just absolutely absurd. And, you know, the Dolphins had some tough calls down the stretch, poor calls, but the Raiders prevail, move to 3-0. and And the game... Of the week, or one of the games of the week, was the Los Angeles Rams beating this reigning Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at home. The Rams are legit, and right now, they're the best team in football. 34-24, to Cooper Cup continues to save every fantasy league across America, and Stafford, right now, is the answer. Vikings beat the Seahawks 30-17 to with no Dalvin Cook. Seahawks are looking really poor. That defense sucks. And... Well, the most depressing game of the night was the Niners and Packers. And as you guys know, I'm a diehard Niner fan. And Aaron Rodgers, who Stephen A. Smith calls a bad man, was a bad man last night. And it depressed me. But the Niners still look really good. And um, I see a lot of upside there. Playoff team, so are the Packers. So two playoff teams squaring off early and the Packers prevail. 30-28 to 28 in a thriller. Cowboys tonight, absolutely murdered the Eagles, 41-21, to 21, and Dak didn't even play good. So that's scary because the Cowboys are really freaking good. That offense is insane, and you better watch out as a league because they're going to win the division, and then they're going to go pretty far in the playoffs if that offense stays healthy. All right, that is what I had for the NFL. I'm trying to think of anything else I need to add. Obviously, Lamar Jackson continued to do Lamar Jackson things. I also wanted to highlight, I think Joe Burrow is getting slightly underrated. Now, I don't think we were talking about him enough coming into the season. He has been remarkable. Him and that Jamar Chase connection has been really good. That offensive line hasn't been great, and that was my concern with drafting Ch- Jamar Chase when you had Pene Sula on the board. But it seems to not matter. I don't think the Bengals will hold this. They're 2-1 and one right now, but I don't think it's going to really stand. I think they're going to start dropping games. They're going to win Thursday night, though they're going to be uh 4 and 1 on the season, but then they play the Packers week 5, they'll lose that one. <clears throat> and as the season goes on, the schedule continues to get tougher. So I they're going to be a 500 team, but as the years go on, they're going to be they're a team for the future, I should say. Kirk Cousins is also extremely underrated this year and he is leading that Vikings offense, just continuing to just basically Throw darts to everybody on the field. Justin Jefferson's barely getting action in the offense. Adam Thielen's catching all the touchdowns. And the tight end for the Vikings yesterday, I haven't even really heard of him, but he had himself a freaking game. Let me pull up his name right now just so we can talk about it a little bit. But I mean, just a great game all around for the Minnesota Vikings, and that team could possibly win the division? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. The tight end was Tyler Conklin, just a beast. He had seven receptions for 70 yards, and he won a lot of fantasy leagues also, and then obviously the Vikings defense anchored by Eric Hendricks and Harrison Smith is just absurd, and then you also have Xavier Woods, and I mean, it's just really good. So, Vikings seem to look out for that division. It's going to be good. The NFL is in a great position. That was 20 minutes of football. Goodness gracious. How am I going to to get to everything? The second thing I want to talk about is the MLB. We are down to the final season. I mean, the final season. The final week of the season. The Giants stay at the top of the NL West, but they had some bad news today as Brandon Belt has broken his finger and he could miss the National League Division Series should be back for the championship series. So assuming the Giants, or hoping, they win the division series, he should be back for the championship series. Good thing is with the Giants is a ton of depth is on that roster where it's been next next man up mentality since day one. So it shouldn't be too big of a concern. The Dodgers, they dropped one to the D-backs that kind of hurt their chances at winning the West. But all in all, a lot of highlights from the MLB MLB season right now, Um, you know, we had the Brewers clinching, we had the White Sox clinching, I still got Giants White Sox, 10 weeks later, I still have Giants White Sox, and if I get that prediction right, it's gonna be really, really nice for everything, so vaccine stuff for the NBA, I wanted to talk about just really briefly, a lot of dudes are refusing to get it for religious reasons, Um, you know, whatever their own beliefs are, but it's going to hurt the Warriors this year, especially. They're going to lose Andrew Wiggins for about 40 games because he's not going to be able to play home games. Um, Kyrie Irving is, you know, he has his own religious stuff, so he's probably not going to get it. Nets will lose him for some. And it's looking more and more likely that he might be shipped out of there because of him just not playing. The Cardinals also, for the MLB, just going back to it briefly, um, it's just... It's really crazy. Um, They are now 16 games in a row, and nobody can beat them. Right now, they're in the second wildcard position, which means they would travel to L.A. to play them in a one game. But right now, I'd I'd pick the Cardinals to win it because when you have that big of a win streak, you have the vet, Adam Wainwright, going out on the mound, it's going to be a fun one for everybody. So I do... See the Cardinals making the wild card, and that wild card game will be crazy, whether it's the Giants or Dodgers. Looking more likely it's the Dodgers if the Giants just take care of business against the D-backs, but who knows? It's been—the NL West has been one of the craziest division races I've seen in my life just because two teams are so good. I mean, two 100-win teams? That is just absolutely insane. And the main thing I want to talk about to end this podcast is the Ryder Cup in golf— just one of the greatest events all year for American sports. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm going to recap it, and we're going to do a thing on it. So, first of all, the U.S. talent this year was insane. From Morikawa to DeChambeau to Kepka, Scheffler shined. We had, um, oh gosh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but every single dude produced lay. Uh man, it's just insane. So, the most talent we've had on a US team in a really long time and if many you many of you may not know, but Europe usually dominates this event. Usually they come in, they take care of business. I don't think we've won too much in the past 20 years, if not at all. I think we won a, like a couple times, but no, it was it really poor. Like really poor from the US, not too much talent even with Tiger always on the team. But Stricker and Mickelson, they picked the team. They did a really nice job. And Europe still brought the heat. They had Rom, McIlroy, Poulter. The list goes on. And Rahm is just an absolute beast. But I love Bryson DeChambeau. He is my favorite golfer right now. It's um, He's just really electric, swings the club so freaking hard, and just hits nukes. Super fun to watch if you guys don't watch golf watch some Bryson DeChambeau clips and hope you'll get right into it uh but just it honestly emotional for the USA just so many good I mean what Colin Morikawa is doing at such a young age is just unbelievable and he has upside to potentially be one of the greatest to ever do it I'm not going to give him that pressure right now but just incredible and I really really love Colin Morikawa um also some things Roy McIlroy after losing that he was he was emotional it means a lot to these guys to play for their country and you see this in the world cup for soccer you see this in world baseball classic for baseball and especially in the olympics but it's just a special thing when you're playing for your country because you feel like you got them on your back you feel like you got that flag or whatever it is just watching over you the whole time and it puts more pressure on you but it also allows you to perform at a higher level So, you know, Europe dropped it, and obviously I was happy. But Spieth, also, I don't even know how I didn't mention him for the U.S. Freaking Tony Finau, just everybody, so good. Um, And, yeah, I just, I think this U.S. team, as we see Ryder Cups for for more and more years, they're going to continue to dominate because of how strong everybody is on the squad. Final thing, so that's what I had for, for the Ryder Cup um, you know, there were some antics, uh, in match play, if you, if many, you, like, don't know, if the putt's really close, they'll just say, oh, you got it, like, you'd make that anyway, but a lot of the time, the Europeans were like, no, you still gotta putt it, and it created some antics, super fun, the crowd was electric, definitely the crowd was on the U.S. side, because, uh, Europeans, unfortunately, couldn't travel, travel over due to COVID reasons, but, no, it was, it was super good, and, I definitely can't wait for the next one. Last thing. I don't know if you guys remember when I talked about Jake Hayner, Fresno State QB, when I went to the UCLA game. The dude put on another clinic this week. 350 yards passing, five tutties. The dude's a maniac. He's going to make the NFL. And remember the name. He's going to be a backup or a third string, but he will make the league. And when he shines in the NFL... I want you guys to just remember that I said this, okay? That's really, really all I ask. I also, there were, I mean, Oregon did prevail, but they didn't necessarily play too good. They're making the Pac-12 get on the radar of national teams a little more, but the SEC is still dominant as of now. Alabama demolished Southern Miss. Georgia demolished Vanderbilt. As I said, Oregon held over uh, Arizona. Oklahoma barely beat West Virginia. Oklahoma continues to just barely beat teams. They're probably going to fall out of the top five. Iowa beats Colorado State. Penn State beats Villanova. And Clemson loses to one of their rivals, North Carolina State, the first time North Carolina State has beat Clemson in about 12 years. So good to finally see some of the top teams fall. I'm a big Clemson guy. I was a big Clemson guy with Deshaun and with Trevor, but now it's refreshing to see a team like North Carolina State just come in and beat up on them a little bit. So really like that. Ohio State got a W. Florida beat Tennessee 38-14. And then Notre Dame beat Wisconsin and Chicago. And just a really – a game that kind of determines where Notre Dame's season goes and – they prevail. Baylor upset Iowa State as well, but those were the main games on slate for the weekend. Final thing. I know I'm jumping around leagues, but the final thing I want to talk about is the NBA and how I saw a rumor from, from Woj, my boy, um, saying that you know the Nets were considering trading for Ben Simmons for Kyrie. I... Didn't like this deal, but considering Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get vaccinated, it might be the thing. But now the Sixers aren't going to want him because he's not even going to be able to play. So a lot of this COVID stuff is ruining the league a little bit because certain stadiums are requiring a vaccination. Which, you know, I don't necessarily understand if you can just test every day, but I do understand it, though, for the greater good. So it's all good. Um, I'm not going to get too deep in the whole vaccination thing, but... I just wanted to to talk about that a little bit and I can't wait for the NBA season to start. I think there's a lot of question marks. Are the Nets legit? Are the Lakers too old? Do the Warriors have enough to come back? are the Suns still gonna come like just so many and also I'm gonna stick with my bold prediction. The boldest prediction of all. The Detroit Pistons will make the play in tournament. It will for the eastern conference they will get a 9 through 12 seed in the east and make it because Cade Cunningham will win rookie of the year so you heard it here first it's gonna be a fun one um and we are just about at 30 minutes for our podcast basically like where I wanted to be for this podcast really really refreshing awesome talking to you guys about everything and um I just can't wait for for what's ahead. Episode 10 was the benchmark for us. And now it's only up from here. Um, Big things coming. And I just can't stop smiling. It's really awesome. So thank you guys so, so much. I really can't thank you enough. We are almost at 140 followers on Instagram. And the TikTok is getting more views every single day. If you guys haven't followed those yet, go do it. If you haven't followed my Spotify, go do it. Turn notifications on do all those things. But I just want to say thank you again, and this is going to be a fun ride, and I'm glad you guys are joining it with me. Peace out from the A-game, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We're going to be coming to you with episode 11, hopefully Monday evening, next Monday. But until then, see ya.